Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Mixed Bag coming to you live once again from the JK. I am joined as always by my good friend Bill Murphy. What's going on, folks? Yes, Bill and I have so uh, we, we are so thrilled to be back here once again. Every as as we always will be every Wednesday night. Um, Bill, what is tonight's topic on Mixed Bag? Well, it's part five of our music through the decades, and tonight we're talking about the 2000s. Yes, before I completely forgot to do this too. Just speaking of the 2000s, we the best. We the best. Uh, that's the 2010s. Oh, I'm sorry. Well, either way, we the best podcast. We the best podcast. Yes, but we are excited to be here. We're glad you are joining us as well. And we're going to be discussing and talking about just the overall music that was going on from the year 2000 to 2010. Uh, we're going to be discussing and breaking down a couple, maybe key albums and stuff, but key artists. But we're going to start off tonight by, I feel like we almost have to start talking about, I mean, let's get, I think we should, we should get this one right off, out of the, off the bat bill as one of, one of the most pioneering bands and albums um, of the 2000s, Bill. And you know what I'm talking about? What are you talking about? Well, I'm here to talk a little bit tonight about an album that was, you know, in an era and a time period where there was no socially discourse of pop music and rock music was starting to get a little bit off, off of the mainstream. This band and this album in particular Kicked it all off, and that's what we're going to kick off our show tonight with American Idiot by Green Day. This was in 2004, this album, which is crazy. It's been a long time since the album came out, Bill. Yeah, it's really been a long time. It's almost been 20 years since Mm -hmm. that album came out. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. They want to be an American idiot. So, I mean, this was, we talked a little bit about Green Day yesterday. In our um, uh, yesterday on our, on our we talked about Green Day on our other last week we talked about them in the nineties, but I feel like this is a good band and album in particular to show and progress into the two thousands because up until this point it was about Britney Spears, the club music was very 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 popular on the radio too with like Pitbull was just coming on the scene, Usher I cannot stand that man. He was coming out of the scene. But in 2004, Green Day made a pioneering album called American Idiot. The they album, really did. They really did. I mean, Bill, did you, I was very young. Bill, you, you're obviously a little older than me. What do you remember about American Idiot? What can you tell our viewers? I just remember, like, this album was everywhere. These songs were freaking everywhere. Yeah. It was just everywhere. Yeah, I mean, this album in particular, um, this album in particular really, lo- like, it also was Green Day's career-saving album because their, their next album, their most um, before this, was Warning in 2000, uh, which was a very good album, but it didn't really sell, like, Dookie numbers or Nimrod numbers um, up until they started to lose their cool as a band. as like being all, like, about, oh, you know, this and that. But honestly, Green Day's American Idiot was a full-blown guitar-driven balls-to-the-wall album that really just was 
it still has it still sounds incredible to this day. I mean, you're talking about a band that formed in 1990, 1989. And in 2004, they had their first number one album all across different sections of the globe. They had a pioneering hit song with not just American Idiot and Holiday, but Boulevard of Broken Dreams. The song has gone on to become become a mainstream on adult contemporary radio and even not only adult contemporary, but it's also played on classic rock stations now, which is this that begs a bigger question. Is now this now classic rock since it's been so long? I mean, Green Day is considered I would say 90s Green Day is classic rock personally. That's me, though. But as far as like just this album goes and, and the band and some, I mean, they were in a slump and they just poured their heart and energy into this album. And it still sounds great to this day. I remember not getting political, but this, I read, I read online somewhere that this album was used against the Bush administration at one point. It was, it was, maybe you can tell me more. Cause I, like I said, I was like probably four five, six years old at the time. Well, when, this was in a weird place in modern American history. Yes, it was just a couple years after the terrible attacks of 9-11. It was the attack. It was the beginning of the. Um, it was the beginning of the Iraq war. Yep, that's right. I remember that. And it was the beginning of the Iraq war. And a lot of people just became. Jaded by by the current Bush administration going into Iraq and yeah and just you know and that's what Billy Joe Armstrong and Green Day were just very outspoken about yeah they and look we're, we we are a non political show on both our shows here we're, we're just talking about historical context. Yes, we're not trying to get anyone riled up and say, "Well, I heard somewhere." No, 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 no. We're not trying to do that. But Green Day's "American Idiot" was pioneering of its time. It's it's widely regarded as one of the best albums of the two thousands. I mean, when people think about the two thousands, they actually think of this album in, on top of the existing pop music by Britney Spears, Usher, Jay Z was just was hitting hard still at the time. Uh, even Eminem, we got to talk about Eminem in a little bit too. I mean, there were some yeah. big names out there too, but this was definitely a good one to start off with personally. But any other thoughts for American Idiot Bud or just no? Just I, good way I to really like the album. It's a really trademark album. Yeah, and it's funny. I just want to do a quick side note. They did talk about, and I'll towards the end of the show we'll we'll come full circle with this because they did release an album in two thousand nine that will kind of like close off the show with i guess tonight with that album i'll, I'll go briefly into it then too but uh because right, they released that first century breakdown yes because that that was a, the, the song 21 guns was a huge hit in like 2010 2010 I and mean, who would have thought but like i mean we're talking about like over 10 years ago now but we'll, we'll, we'll get to that towards the end of the show kind of like come full circle if you will with our discussions tonight but okay. but green day is an american idiot great 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 album great story great it's a, it's a rock opera that really truly um showed the world hey green day is still around and we can still rock everyone's asses off so there's only to... one song that doesn't fit into the story yes do tell wake me up till september ends when september yep. ends which is not people think that song is about 9/11 it isn't it's about billy joel armstrong's father dying exactly 100% but that is the honest truth and it is it's 
it's a very powerful song. I mean, it's it's people found comfort in it after the September 11th attacks, but still, and you can't deny how important that song was to the hit. What do you think about the jokes that people make about it? Like, oh, talk to over first. Somebody go wake up Billy Joe Armstrong. He he himself, Billy Joe Armstrong, has gone on record and said, "I'm going to write a song that says I'm going to say that's the song is going to be called Shut the Fuck Up When October Begins,' because he is so pissed." And I, I, you know me, I don't like cursing, but I'm quoting him directly. He hates the fact that that became a meme so much because it's, it's a very personal song to him. And it's like, oh, yeah, well, blah, blah, blah. But this is this is a very personal song to him. He you know said what? That- if Billy O. Joe Armstrong is watching, I always found that joke funny. But if you find that offensive, I am deeply sorry for finding that funny. It's okay, Bill. I mean, you, you probably didn't know until I just told you, so, but it's okay. No, because I thought, I thought maybe he'd be a good sport about it. And go, <laughs> That's funny. But now, like I can understand why he'd be upset. It's about his, it's about his dad dying. I mean, that's a pretty like serious, uh, pretty serious thing. Truthfully, I mean, if you think about it, it's a very, very serious discussion. Oh, uh, so dark, serious, really dark topic. I mean, your father dying at the age of ten. I mean, he held on to it for so long, and then they made a huge song out of it, which is I applaud them hundred percent for it. But Green Day's American Idiot, bottom line, we're going to come for a circle show talking about their next dumb at the end of our show. But let's jump Let's jump around a little bit tonight. The 2000s, you like to go to next? Yeah, you know what we should talk about? Um, we Because they really started out all this, the Foo Fighters. Oh, how could I forget? I am... There's a guy I work with who's a huge Foo Fighters fan. Huge Foo Fighters. I'll let you go on because you're you you you're a bigger fan than I am. I love them, but you're much more of a bigger bigger fan. Yeah. What do you got? We were supposed to see them in concert this year. Yes, RIP to Taylor Hawkins. You are forever loved and missed. Forever. Um, you are a pioneer. Pioneer of drums. Phenomenal drummer. I'm lucky now. I'm one of the people say I'm lucky enough. I could say I saw them. Yeah, yes, Listen. you did. I saw them at Madison Square Garden, reopening the garden. Yeah. So. Well, Foo Fighters. I think they started in the late '90s, though, didn't they? Their first album was 1995, Ooh. but they didn't have any like big success with it. But they they had a lot of success in '97, '99, and into 2002. Truthfully, they had a lot. The, the late 90s, they were into the 2000s. They were doing incredibly well. Yeah, well, you know I mean, yeah, they started in 19. They started out, out of the. They started out of the um, whatchamacallit, out of the. Out of the ashes of Nirvana with Dave Grohl. And actually, they started in 1994. Correct. Oh, excuse me. I had one year off. My bad. Shame! I know. Sorry, everyone, for keeping track at home. But he, um, yeah, and I think you told me this, that that they, that he actually stood outside of the, of a record store with a cassette tape that said Foo Fighters. You told I think you told me that. So this 
Yeah, so so what Bill is referring to is when the Foo Fighters first came out, their very first album, their debut album, Dave Grohl just started handing out cassette tapes of their first album on cassette to just random strangers. He wanted to, he wanted to sound like a band, even though it was just him. Flash forward like to two or three years later, four or five years later, they are now opening up for the Rolling Stones. They're opening up for other acts. Like during the Color and the Shape, which had Everlong on it and My, and My Hero, uh, that was in 1997 or eight, actually. Now that I think about it, um, but in the but they were building up their success. There, there is nothing left to lose. Was 99, so automatically they're like there are setting up their success. And the debut album 99 into 2000 into 2002, they were having a ton of success then too because of um the album uh with the learn to fly there's nothing left to lose that was 99 into 2000 that was a big song so and actually did you know that that's dave Grohl's favorite foo fighter album what is there's nothing left to lose not the color and the shape but they had their favorite album that they've ever done was there's nothing left to lose with uh learn to fly on it i don't know if you knew that i don't think i've i don't think i knew that this has been not random facts with Bill, but this is, has this has been a, a another edition of uh, random facts with JT. It does not have the same ring though. Don't worry about no, it. No, it does not have the same ring to it. Yes, and it, it and no one's gotten this yet. I'm surprised. If anyone can guess what that song is parodying, I know we didn't sing it, but if you can parody it, if you can figure out what that song is, you can reach us at one eight hundred got Bill, and uh, you can follow us on Instagram at the Super you Show and. Follow us on Twitter at Superview Show and like us on Facebook at The Superview Show. We do, uh, you know, just just a little quick plug there every time we do that. But the Foo Fighters, man, God, incredible stuff. They were awesome live when I saw them too, Bill. I'm so jealous. I mean, I mean, it was they were tight. Like, and you want to talk about a band that is tight? Like they actually like are so, so in lock with each other. It's crazy. Yeah. The only. Sorry, Bill. <laughs> no, nah, because no, I agree because Dave Grohl, how we just had the loss of Taylor Hawkins. Yeah. Dave Grohl said Dave Grohl said um Dave Grohl said the first time I met Taylor Hawkins and I sat down and had a beer with him, I said we were gonna be best friends right then and there. I knew I knew right then and there we were gonna be best friends. Awesome. Yeah. So what is your favorite Foo Fighters song? Oh, there's so many good ones. There's so many really solid songs overall. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to I have like a top three at like number one person. This is just me, though. This is just okay, me. Okay, let's hear it. Uh, I'm going to say I'm going to say all right, my top three Foo Fighters songs in probably no no particular order. Now that I think about it. It's definitely times like these. Okay. Great song. Times like these. Um, Everlong. And Bill might think I'm crazy for this, but actually, truthfully, uh, Learn to Fly. Those three okay. are just, I can go to those songs all, all the time. What's your favorite Foo Fighters song, my guy? Okay. My number three, I would have to say is. Okay. My number three would have to be My Hero. Okay. My number two, guess what? JT! We swiped right! <laughs> oh my god! 
We swiped right. Where, where am I taking you? You know, I'm kind of in the mood for pizza. Um, ah, pizza sounds good. No, what, what's your number two? My number two is Everlong. So, nice. Okay. My number one, JT. You know what my number one is? What is it? The I'm no fool. Oh, best of you. Yeah, oh, man. Someone giving the best, the best, the best, the best of you. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> you know what the joke I always make about that song, though, is? What? It sounds like a song that could be in a 2000s, um, that could be in like a 2000s pre-MCU comic book movie in the trailer of it. It really could, actually, if you think about it. Yeah. Um, yeah. And you know what? How we mentioned our number two was Everlong. Um, I actually got an interesting story about that song. Um, um, Dave Latterman, the former talk show host, um, in the early 2000s, he actually had a, um, and this just shows how awesome a guy Dave Grohl is. Um, this, he had a, he had a bypass surgery. He had bypass surgery and he was out for like several weeks from the, doing the late show. Yeah. And the song Everlong actually gave him comfort while he was recovering. Oh, wow. And when he had his first show back, he his assistant said, so uh, your first show back, is there anyone special you want for musical guests? He said, can we get the Foo Fighters? And he goes, I can see, but I think they're on tour. Um, so he so they called him and the assistant called Dave get Dave Letterman back and he goes, and he goes, Well, uh, the food fighters are actually on tour in South America. And he goes, Oh, oh well. He goes, but they actually canceled their show and they're gonna come play tonight. That's awesome. Dave Grohl canceled his show in South America. They canceled their show in South America to fly to New York to play Crazy. Dave Letterman's show back. That's incredible. That just shows you how awesome Dave Grohl is. Yeah, and they actually came back and played it at the at David Letterman's last show. That's right. They came back and played that song because Dave Letterman said, you know, this song means a lot to me. When I was laid up after my heart surgery, I listened to it constantly. And I told them when I came back, I asked the Foo Fighters if they could play, but they were in South America. But they flew back so they could play. So he and they ended his late show run with Everlong. And correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's the song they end their concerts with. Uh, yes. So I only saw them once ever. I've only seen them once live. Uh, the guy I work with has seen them, I think 10 times live, truthfully. Yeah. Um, and he said that they close up pretty, no matter what they end the show with ever long, uh, because it's such a anthemic song in general. Like, and it gets all these people like screaming and yelling and stuff. It's crazy. Yeah, you know what? Because I saw, I wasn't at the show like JT was, but I saw the video I like what Dave Grohl says at the end. He goes, you know, this is the last one, but you know what? I don't, pardon me, I don't fucking say goodbye. 
because I know I'm going to see you again. And it's good to see you again. And since I don't say goodbye, I'll say this. Hello, I'm waiting here for you ever long. That was awesome. Tonight. <laughs> that was awesome when they did that. And yeah, because my buddy Steve was also at that show that night too. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I'm like, I hate both. I hate you, and I hate JT right now. I hate both of you. Um, <laughs> He's like, what? Um, no, um, no. He was there. He was actually supposed to go to the show for. It was, we were supposed to go, he was supposed to go to the show that we were supposed to go to. Oh, yep. And on City Field. That's right. This year. Yeah. And yeah, because I remember I, I put that I was going on Facebook and this was like a week or so before Taylor Hawkins tragically left us. And, yes. and Steve was like, wait, you're going? I'm like, yeah. I'm like, I'm going too. They were yeah, incredible but, um, live too. Uh, that would have been a great show, but um, yeah. So, yeah. But first of all, Dave Grohl just seems like literally the nicest guy. Absolutely. And I mean, no, go, go ahead. ahead. What we say? I was gonna say that my 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 aunt who works me, for Alton John. Thanks, Bill. Uh, she has she's talked Dave one or two points over she's she, full disclosure she's not a but she, she but throughout the industry this just shows you how, how talented and how nice they are she said that they're some of the nicest gentlemen in the recording industry as like as a as a unit they're some of the nicest gentlemen out there and then that just shows you not just dave but the whole band was super nice super talented she also said that dave girl's mind is very musical it's creative. It has different, he, the, the, you know, it's before he died. Taylor Hawkins once said, you know, uh, our job as a band is to get whatever, whatever is in Dave's head onto the tape and then mix as a demo and into songs. Like, and you know what I also, I find so cool about him. He literally broke his leg at a show. Yeah. And then he literally came out, sat in the chair, played the guitar and continued the show. In Sweden, <laughs> that really shows you the dedication. He is a determined man. He just wants to play music. That's his job. Dave Grohl was was put on this earth to play music. I read his book too, by the way. It's very good. I have to let you borrow it. Yeah, but um, yeah, and I think you told me again that Dave Grohl never did drugs. Yes, uh, without getting super personal in the Dave's life, Dave has never done drugs in his life. He's he's had alcohol, he's had you know beers and stuff, but he's never done any drugs in his life. That is the and that's from the industry, that's from my and that's from everyone else. That's the truth. Dave Gore has never done drugs, and from his mouth himself, too. Yeah, and you know what? And I want to know now with the un, with the sad and untimely death of, of Taylor Hawkins, what's gonna be the future of the band now? Uh, are they going to continue? Are they going to disband? Are they going to be on hiatus for a while? Because I think last night they had like a tribute concert to him. 
to Taylor, Taylor Hawkins. They had like a, a tribute concert. They had one in Wembley Stadium in London. What was that? They had one in Wembley a couple weeks ago, and they had one in in, uh, in L.A., Los Angeles. Uh, I believe it was yesterday or the day before. I haven't checked the set list on what they played, but they did a ton of drummers, a ton of guests left and right. Just I think it was the one in right. London that Taylor Hawkins' son actually played drums with the Foo Fighters. That's correct. Yeah, they, 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 if you have Paramount Plus, everyone, it was on there on MTV Plus there or whatever. So. We get it, JT. You have Paramount Plus. Yes. Sorry, everyone. I have to just point that because it's a really good service. That's a whole other conversation for another time. But anyway, but still, uh, what was I saying? Um, You're saying about the Foo Fighters and the Tribute Show? And how, yeah, like, gonna, are they going to continue? Do you think they're going to continue or do you think maybe they're going to disband or go on hiatus or? I think this is just me personally. My personal opinion is that they will continue, but filling those, filling that drum stool is going to be a big deal. I don't know who they're going to get. I have no inside information. This is just my speculation that I believe that the Foo Fighters will continue on. And I don't think Dave Grohl's ready to hang it up yet. Truthfully, they have they have too much of a world-renowned following to to disband. They have too much. They they're such a high right now in general. I think they will continue, but with someone else. I I that's my personal guess. I honestly don't know though. I agree. Um. Um. I think. I think, um, but you know what? Because I was thinking about, like, you know, you got to think about poor Dave Grohl, like losing a bandmate. He's went through this twice. Yeah, he's got he lost Kurt Cobain and he lost Taylor Hawkins. And you know what? I think Taylor Hawkins. I think this hit him more than Kurt Cobain. I agree because he was it's his own band that he that Taylor later joined. So yeah. Like I, I don't really know what Dave Grohl and in Dave Grohl's book, did he say what his relationship with Kurt Cobain was like or not really? Uh, he doesn't really talk about it that much anymore. I mean, people ask him Nirvana questions all the time, and he was like, "Look, it, it was a part of my life, and I, I liked it for what it was, and I've moved on from it." That's all. He's, that's you know, the gist of what he'll tell you. You know, because you know, you all know my opinion on Nirvana, but and we talked about that last week, but. But you yep, know what? And most that. people have the same opinions. And yeah, I don't like Nirvana. But you know what? Um, Dave Grohl with the Foo Fighters, that was great. I I don't know. I mean, he, Dave's got some big decisions to make. I think he'll figure it out at some point soon. Yeah, because I don't think he's ready to throw in the towel. No, he's also, what, 50-something years old with three daughters at home and a wife and stuff? Come on. He could. I don't think he will. I think he just wants to... In honesty, he wants to keep going. I who are they gonna get to agree. fill the big question is who are they gonna get to fill in Taylor Hawkins' seat? I mean, anything is possible. I just don't know. I honestly don't I, I can't answer that question. I think only he can, and he has to make the decision. So Dave Grohl, please tell us what's gonna happen with Foo Fighters. Come on our podcast. He might. If we get a word to him. Everyone, we have a very special job for you. Yes. At Dave Grohl on Twitter. Share this video on Twitter and at Dave Grohl. Yes, do it. Do it. And we would, I mean, 
full disclosure, we do mixed bag. We choose the topics and stuff. We would love, and I personally would love to get a, a, a name as an interviewee on a podcast with us one night. I would flip out personally if we did that. I mean, I think that we're talented enough. I think we have enough people that, that could ask questions and stuff. Bill and I are obviously very, very good hosts. I think anything is possible. I, I think getting a, a, a name on, like Flea, or, those are big names, but still, like I mean, I think I think getting Dave on might be a, a long shot, but we could try. So if you can get us, if you can get Dave Grohl to basically come on our show, you'll be the number one fan of the Super Bowl show forever. Just saying. <laughs> let's let's uh, somebody get Dave Grohl for us. We'd love to have him. Yeah, absolutely. Wouldn't that be a great 100th episode? That would be awesome. I would. I would literally flip out. Literally, I would if, if that that if, if if we can do it, that'd be incredible. But you know, anything's possible. Everyone, share this video on Twitter and at Dave Grohl. Yes, please do. Please do. At Dave Grohl. Yes, we'd love to talk to you, Dave. Um. Anyways, Foo Fighters. 2000s, great time for rock and roll as well. Uh, who'd you want to go to next? Um, that's a good question. Any other bands we could talk about? Hmm. Hmm. I don't know, Bill. Let's talk about the Killers because we're seeing them Friday night. Friday night at the going. Garden. Yes. Full disclosure, everyone. Bill and I, and I'll be going live first at the Tim Show. So make sure you follow us on social media. I'll be going live for a couple of songs on our Instagram feed. Um, but the killers, Bill and I are going Friday night, this Friday, September 30th, 2022, at Madison Square Garden. We're going to be we're going separately, but we'll be there. Oh, yeah. We, we'll, we'll, we'll be there. We're going to be doing an awesome, having an awesome time seeing the killers. Yes. I'm so. How can you not freaking love the killers? I know someone who does not like them okay who is it you're gonna laugh at me okay this is one of our other co-hosts on our podcast is it kyle yes kyle is kyle is not a foo fighters fan uh, i got killers i'm sorry I'm thinking foo you fighters. know what i can kind of get that vibe that he doesn't like the killers he he likes three songs by them and that's it no offense to kyle all music is subjective we've gone over this let me guess who one of them is mr brightside some people just think that song's overrated. I don't, I don't understand how it's overrated, but I think it'd be a little overplayed. But I really do like that song. It's a great song. It's their signature song. I guarantee you, they're gonna play it Friday, Friday night, Bill. Woo, woo. When they, as soon as they hit do 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 do, coming out of my cage and I've been doing just fine. Gotta gotta be damn because I want it all. Hey JT, it started out with a kiss. How did it end up like this, cuz? It ended up with a kiss. How did it end up like this? It was, it was only, only a, kiss. a kiss. It was only a kiss. Oh, God. It's gonna, I, I'm excited. I'm, I'm really excited yeah. to uh You know what that song is actually them. about, though? What, Mr. Mr. Brightside? Brightside? I'm about to ruin all your hopes and dreams, folks. Um... Okay, Mr. Brightside actually has a pretty dark backstory. What was it about? It's actually about Brandon Flowers' 
girlfriend cheating on him. The song's actually about his girlfriend cheating on him. And oh, I didn't know that. <laughs> about how he was getting paranoid. But the song is also about, and I was actually having this conversation with a friend last night. What'd you think about it? Even though the song has a dark meaning, the song's kind of about moving on. I agree. Because in the song, it's like, you know, the relationship has run its course. Yeah. Unfortunately, it didn't end the way you wanted it to end. And, and but you know what? There's, you know, there's blue skies ahead and greener pastures ahead. And you need to, and you just have to look on the bright side. You got to look on the bright side. That's, I never thought of it that way. It's actually pretty good. Yeah, because it said the relationship run its course. And yeah, but he wrote this song about his girlfriend cheating on him. And it became a giant anthemic song. You know what? I hope when he sees that girl, he just gives her the biggest middle finger. It says, guess what, sweetheart? You break it up with me? That caused my biggest hit ever. So thank you very much. And you and your new boyfriend can go yourselves. Ooh. Shots fired. You anyway. know what? Why don't you get in front of me? I'll write another song. It'll be another big hit. Yeah, it'll be called Boy. It's out right now. Just saying. Sorry. What was that? No, they have a new single out called Boy. You know, I've seen an interview with Brandon Flowers. He actually seems like a pretty cool guy. He he's a pretty cool guy. I gotta admit that, Bill. Yeah, he's pretty tame though, because not I'm not bringing religion into this, but he's actually a Mormon. I knew that. Yeah, I knew that because a lot, a lot of Las Vegas bands in general were Mormons. Oh, well, because Nevada is your is near Utah, so yeah, like a lot of them. Are, even Imagine Dragons, Dan Reynolds is the same way. That's next week. Yes, and by the way, Bill, after next week, after next week. Will be our 100th show because we have this week and then next week, and then we're every 100th show. You want to know something? This series, uh, I'm unrelated. This series really went by fast. Told you because <laughs> I thought it was gonna, but yes. Oh, no, 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 you, you and me, we got this. We've been making sure this podcast runs smoothly, yeah. But anyway, but no, like, no, because yeah, because Utah, because Nevada is near Utah. And I'll be in Nevada yeah. starting next Saturday because what Woo! happens here, what happens there, days there. Okay. I'm just going to tell you, I'm going to Vegas. Bill is going to Vegas. Um, if, if Bill comes home with a new wife, a, a wife, then something is wrong and I'm going to have to have many questions with him. <laughs> no, nah, just, just, um, you know what? I'll tell you all fair. I'll, I'll tell you all fair. Um, but anyway, um, yeah, but you know what? I think we should talk about the other songs besides Mr. Brightside. What do you think? Um, oh, absolutely. I mean, they have so many good songs under their belt. Like, yeah, like a smile like you mean. It. I'm just going to list off a couple. All these things that I've done. All these um, things that I, you know what I'm looking forward to on Friday? When he goes, I'm not, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I yes. got soul, but I'm not a soldier. I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. The battle is won. 
all these things that I have done. I am looking forward to just clapping when that happens. The, I got soul, but I'm not a soldier. You? I'm I'm just excited to see them out because to my understanding is, I mean, they, to my knowledge, they have, they have, um, their material goes over live really well. Yeah. And also, my favorite killer song, which is actually not Mr. Brightside. <gasps> what is it, Bill? When You Were Young. Well, of course. Great song. Yeah. And I just, my favorite live recording of it was when they were in London in like 2009. When they're like, oh, yeah. we got one more song. Are you ready to hear it as hard as you can hear it? Are you ready to receive it as hard as you can receive it? All right, boys, let's see what this thing can do. One, two, three, four. And I just love when in the live performances, it goes, you sit there in your heartache. Nice. I'm some beautiful boy to save you from your old ways. If you can't tell or not, Bill is ready for this. I am so Friday. ready for Friday. I am so freaking ready for Friday. I am. I am beyond ready too, my guy. If I, I was I'm sitting so in the ready. lower section, I'd probably do a stage dive. JT, would you assist me with that? If I was, well, I'm sitting in the one hundreds. So, uh, oh, Mr. One Hundreds here. I'm gonna be up with the booties. Yeah, I know. No, it's all good. No, it's all good. It's all good. Hey, At least no you're there. Got- Listen. For those our listeners who don't live in New York, there was no such thing as a bad seat at Madison Square Garden. Facts, though. Facts. There's no bad seats. No, because I went up there for a Rangers game one time, and I was sitting all up in the boonies. I could see everything. Exactly. They, they you know designed what? Just a random tangent here. I think the upper deck is very underrated. I agree with that. I think the upper that. deck is just very underrated. Um, we, we we sat up there for, for more on five. Oh, we got to talk about. Oh, that we're gonna be talking about them tonight. I'll I'll give a brief shout out to songs about that, Jane. Don't worry. No, uh, because you know Adam Levine's been in the news lately. Um. Oh, I've heard. I've heard stuff. About we'll get to you. Don't worry, Mister Levine. We're gonna we're gonna continue your suffering. Don't worry. We're gonna continue it. Um, I have ripped Adam Levine thought, apart for this. You thought Don't you worry. were in the clear, but no, we're gonna talk about it. Um. I mean, what are you talking about? Jordy was like the best thing ever, right? No. Yeah, but anyway, getting back to the Maroon Five, uh, the Killers, an actual band. Um, yeah, more on five. Yeah, take that, Brandon Roth over Adam Levine any day of the week. Ooh, shots fired. Brandon Roth, Brandon Flowers. Sorry, Brandon wow. Roth is the actor who was Superman. Superman. Brandon Flowers over Adam Levine any day of the week. But um, facts though, just saying. But anyway, but yeah, um, the upper deck is very underrated. Like you, everybody goes, oh, the nosebleeds. You, you can't see anything. You can see things from the nosebleeds. Yeah, you really can. They also have screens up there too. Yeah, but if I was sitting in the hundreds with my friend here, would yeah, you support bim, bim. this or oppose it? 
Uh, I would support it. Don't because Bill and I are gonna one day. One day we're gonna win another killer show, and we're just gonna just go front row, baby. Let's just go all in. We're gonna yeah, spend that money. See. I'm gonna jump into the into the crowd. Yeah. Oh God. And my brother said, "If you did that, I don't know you." Uh, yeah. Thanks, Dan. I don't mind the. What was that? The killers, though. <laughs> Thanks, Dan. Sorry. Yeah, thanks, Dan. Um, well, I'm going with him on on um on on Friday. So yeah, because well, it's you, it's your brother, you, and his girlfriend. Me and are you, are you going with anyone? Are you going on right. your own? Yeah. So the fourth. Super exciting though. The killers can't wait to hear like all this song. What's that? Are you going by yourself? Or are you going with someone? To the show. To the killers? I'm going with you. Oh, you are. <laughs> Bill, we've had the, we've had this discussion since. But February. you just said you're gonna be in the hundreds and I was gonna be up in the booty. So no 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 we're, we're sitting we're okay. We're going off on a tangent now. Sorry. We're going to see the killers. Bill and I are going to the same show, but we're sitting in different sections. Okay. Okay, just so we uh, don't confuse our lovely audience. Yeah, um, don't, don't worry, guys. Don't. I'm excited to hear their, their songs live. Though. I will say that. I am so freaking psyched. And I, oh, if if you see me, if you hear that guy who's obnoxiously singing along to when you were young, that's me. I, I, I will make sure I purposely hear you and not the band. Oh, I'm so flattered. Oh, uh, you're welcome. Man. Yeah, um, this is this is um, our relationship but, right here. In a nutshell, ladies and gentlemen, we are full-on Killers fans. Uh, I am so. Did you know what it is? It's just that I just want to make a general statement here, just about um, two thousands rock. Because I always said, "Goes no, it's eighties, it's seventies, eighties, nineties rock. That's so good. Everything else sucks." But but what? then as I got older and started listening to like more like Foo Fighters, killer stuff. I'm like, this stuff's pretty damn good. It is. And in fact, someone, a friend of mine, my, one of my dear friends who does a show with us uh, every once in a while when there's a video game convention, he, he's, he's told us that our next topic is Muse. We're going to talk about them in a second. But um, I got to tell you guys the truth. Bottom line, though, the Killers are a great band. They have a couple. They've they're working on another album for next year, which is awesome. Super stoked about that. And yeah, I just I am through the roof excited for um, the Killer show on Friday with Bill. Bill and I are going to the Garden together. It's going to be awesome. But the Killers are a great band. Check them out if you have if you have not streamed them or anything. Like that. Just literally just tap on any song. Go. They're just a great band. Um, Bill, are you ready for the next band we're going to talk about tonight? Yes, what is it? Well, as I was mentioning, my dear friend, Andrew, who, shout out to you, asked us to talk about Muse tonight. I can go off on this because Muse is one of those bands that I'm actually more familiar with than you, I'd say. Yeah, I'm, I only yeah. know one song by them. Okay, that's fine. So here's the dealio, kids. If you are not aware of Muse, get on bandwagon. Muse is one of probably one of the biggest as of right now, but their first out, they have four studio albums. 
from 2001, 2003, 2006, and 2009. This band is a great, great, great band. They have so many great songs. I'm just going to pull up their thing really quick. Origin of Symmetry. They have um, Absolution. They also had uh, Black Holes and Revelations. And the resistance in 2009 and then they released a couple other albums as well in in the previous in the in the decade that followed but we're gonna hear and talk about really quick just a few of them uh i personally i i only know so many albums by them so much but muse is a really great band they are just very all very alternative very progressive very hard but they're they're kind of like their own thing in their own sense if you will i'm a big fan of i, I really like them a lot truthfully but or if you the albums you want to get to know yourself with with Muse are Origin of Symmetry, which is a fantastic, awesome. Uh, you wanna you want to get to know or get to know is um, Black Holes and Revelations from two thousand and six. This album had the song um, Knights of Sidonia. I don't know if you know this one though, or not, but like it had the song Knights of Sidonia on it. Uh, it was it, the album appeared on one of the top albums before you must die thing. Supermassive yeah. black hole. Um, it's it's really a solid album overall, and it was released in two thousand and six. So people say, "Well, rock is dead." Oh my god, shut up! It's not dead. Literally, Muse. This album went like quadruple platinum or whatever. Like, I, let me just make sure. It sold over 5 million copies worldwide, and it's got 11 songs on it. That shows you how good rock and roll is, ladies and gentlemen. But uh, JT, rock is dead. It's all pop now. Well, it's not. By default, ladies and gentlemen, in the 2000s, rock was not a strange thing. But, But full disclosure, rock in the 2000s was not not surprising. It was around. It was just not the center of attention. As it was, let's say, in 2000 and back, truthfully. Uh, and that's just the given flow of culture and whatnot. It's still the ditch where a lot of artists do their digging. But it's funny how in over, I've gone on record and say this, rock in the 2000s, like literally Muse and the Killers, they're huge in Europe. Huge. Rock and roll is the dominant music in Europe across the continent of Europe, rock and roll is the dominant, dominant music over there. Not pop, not hip hop. It's all rock and roll. Even in South America, truthfully, they, a lot of them listen. Like you can go on the record. We're universal listen. now, people. Damn right we are, ladies and gentlemen. But rock and roll is not like a a, 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 a dead by any dead meaning. Like when people say, "Oh, it's dead," nothing charts. Well, okay, you have an argument there, but at the same time. Is Metallica still selling out so many people listening to these songs on Spotify? Yes. So why are you saying it's dead? What are you talking about? It, it's a stupid press release thing that got like super hyped up. Whatever. Rock is not dead. And Muse is a great testament of that, truthfully. Well, I will never. Not dead it just frankly it's not so his basement saying well listen everyone 
That is a lie. You are incorrect. It is not. You are not right by any stretch of the imagination. Just saying. Back to Muse. Muse had a lot of success in the early 2000s as well because of albums like Black Holes and Revelations, like um, Origin of Symmetry, like, one second, I gotta find it, uh, Absolution. Like, they are one of the biggest bands in the world and they started in the 2000s. Oh, Rock is Dead, right? No. Muse literally had like a ton of success there. Absolution was in, in, in by Muse again, huge successful album. Come on, and it sold like, and they're one of the biggest selling bands out there too. They have so much success nowadays too. It's ridiculous. Stockholm Syndrome, hysterical. And guys, if you have not heard Muse, if you have not heard any of their albums, get on it. They're just that good of a, a band, that good of an artist. They have so much great music, and they're from England as well. How can I leave that part out too? I know I just went off on a little bit of a Muse tangent. I'm actually, I really like them quite a bit. Um, they are honestly really talented. They're, they're very creative. They have a good mindset as well. They're very creative as well. I actually got a um, funny Muse story, and this involves my good friend, and colleague on the Sports Insanity podcast, Lawrence Patchman Lang. Pat, shout out to you, my good friend. Um, when we were in college, I remember I said, yeah, man, Muse. He goes, Bill, it's Muse. I'm like, no, Muse. Go, Muse. You have to put emphasis on the U. Muse. Okay, then. JT, Muse. I'm a big, big, I, I, I'm not the biggest Muse fan, I should say that, but I, I do like them quite a bit. Like, there's enough songs by them. We will Knights of Cydonia is a bop. It's an awesome song. Just saying, everyone. Oh, Rock is Dead. No, it's not. You're wrong. Pull up your pants. Um, anyways, I digress. Muse, great band overall. Um, all right, there's one or two more bands I want to touch on. Actually, there's a ba- two bands I want to talk about. Lay it on me, Bill. Okay, it's the 2000s. Sugar, we, we're going down, down in an earlier round. Sugar, we're going down, swinging. Fallout Boy? Yes. Number one with a bullet. You all know the words. A loaded gun complex, cocking and bullet. We're going down, 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 down. Yeah, Fallout Boy. Fallout Boy? Who does not like Fallout Boy? You do? I do like Fallout Boy. Oh, I wish you came to the Hell Negator with me. (laughs) But they weren't playing, remember? Oh, that's right, because they fell through on that leg of the tour. Nah, thanks, Save COVID. with us. One, two, three. Thanks, thanks COVID. COVID. Yeah, God. thanks, COVID, for ruining our lives. Um. Anyway, yeah, Fallout Boy. FOB. Um, I remember hearing, you know, the stuff a lot in the 2000s, the song we were just singing, Sugar We're Going Down, probably my favorite Fallout Boy song. Nice. I also like the song, Thanks for the Memories. 
Thanks for the memories. That one. That is a great song, Bill. And also, this ain't a sing. It's a goddamn. This ain't. I want you to sing till your lungs give out. I believe in love. Would you say this is kind of like emo y type music or not really? Yes. 100%. I really like Fall Out Boy. They're just that fun pop punk band that everyone sings along to no matter what. Everyone sings along to no matter what, whether you like it or not. Yeah, I got to, uh, I got to, uh, talk after this. I got another band. We can, I got two other bands we can talk about that kind of I got a few other part. ones too. Sweet 24 hour podcast. No, nah, I'm just kidding. Oh, good God. No way. Maybe no, but what do you got? 24 stream hour stream hmm. one day. Who knows? One day, one day we will. When we all have free time. Yeah, with all our free time. Yeah. Maybe during the winter. Who knows? Yeah, well, I, I got to see, you know, maybe after football season because. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's what I was thinking, too. Because right now I'm totally, you know. Yeah, no, you're swamped in general. So, um, but follow up, boy. Can I chime in for a sec? You may. It's your channel. Well, of course. Uh, I saw Fallout Boy. Oh, I, I, I did not see Fallout Boy because on my leg of the hell in Megator, they they the two members tested positive for COVID and they had to quarantine for like a week. So they missed two. They missed the the New York date and the Boston date on the Hell in Megator, but then they were back after that. Uh, but I, I I really like Fallout Boy. I think they're actually a really talented band. Truthfully, I, I, I do most, too. Their most recent album was like not that great in 2018. It's been a while. Hopefully they come back and make another album soon because I would love to hear a new Fall Out Boy album that is a lot, nothing like their most recent release. One that is more, I don't know, good. <laughs> Just saying. And I'm not trying to throw shade at them because their most recent album was not that good. But um, it was Mania. By the way, check out our, our, on our other super on our other channel. Uh, show called Career Retrospectives. We actually reviewed that album for like about an hour. We just talked about it. We broke it down, and we talked about how um, we're not fans of it, and and the songs on there are not that good. So there's a couple of that album at all that often anymore. What so there's that. But Fall Out Boy is came out of like the pop punk scene. Uh, Mania, Mania by Fall Out Boy. In 2018, it didn't have it did not have any Hot 100 hits on it, which all the other, all the other albums did. I don't know if you knew that, but I did not know that. Yes, one for the books there. JT, so, I know this is a 2010 song, but my songs know what you did in the dark last night. I bet they do, Bill. <laughs> That's actually yeah. a great song too. My songs know what you did in the dark. So light them up, 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 light them up, up, I'm on fire. That's a great song, too. That's a, really, that's a really great song, actually. Now that I think about it. Um, but Fall Out Boy, they're just a great band. They have a new single coming out. Um, they, have a new, they had a new single called, a single called like Dear Future Self or Hands Up or something like that. They um they 
they're really just a great band. They, 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 they really rock hard for like contemporary stuff, but it's still pop punk at the heart of it, which is, which I'm all for actually. So, but yeah, fallout boy. Uh, did you have another band you want to touch on Bill? Oh, I have one. Uh, I actually have another one and that was in the two thousands, but I have this, uh, the other one we're going to get to, I think I'll do this one first. Cause if I, touch upon this next one people are gonna come to my house with torches and pitchforks um what do you got first uh how about we talk about some Coldplay? i forgot all about that see you forget i remember Coldplay, you can go first uh i loved the uh, jt got to see him this year i really wanted to but i couldn't that day and plus tickets were just so mad yeah no i i went with a buddy of mine and we we had Next a great time. The time. I'm com- I'm going. Oh, absolutely. They they are they were a lot better live than I thought. Uh, they actually do this thing where if, if you've seen a Coldplay show, you know what I'm talking about. They put uh, they, on your wrist. They have a lighted up wristband, and then your whole stadium lights up with you. Yeah, I guess during the song "Yellow," it lit up yellow. No, no, the whole night. Hmm. Like every song like during "Viva La Vida," it was like white and gold, or whatever, and then. And during like Adventure of a Lifetime, it was rainbow colors. It was crazy. I got I got to show you the video of that that I shot on my uh, personal channel. So. Next time they tour, will you go with me? Yes, I'll take you, Bill. I promise. Wherever okay. they're touring, I'll take you. Yeah, like I wanted to go this time around, but uh, I had other plans that day. But anyway, um, yeah. but anyway, no, I love um, Viva La Vida. Yeah. And clocks. Clocks is a really good one. Yellow. Yellow is great. Um. You know what my favorite? You. Yeah, Fix You is actually my favorite Coldplay Coldplay song. I totally guessed it right. Let's go. <laughs> it's just such a nice. You know what that song is actually about. What? Um, Chris Martin's wife at the time, Gwyneth Paltrow, her father was dying of cancer. Oh. So that song was actually about him. Oh, okay. I just love that guitar solo part. Well, let me ask you, when you saw them, JT, was everyone doing this? The the lighters, the Well, no, you didn't even need a lighter because your your wrist was lighting up. You didn't even need your phone. Like the whole like, I have to show you what I mean, Bill. I wish I really could, but their their live performance, I was blown. And I don't know how I say these words. I was like blown away, truthfully. You were not the uh, Bruce. That wasn't the one that Bruce was at, right? No, unfortunately, that was the show beforehand. But you got Kylie Minogue. <laughs> she was great too. Don't get me wrong. You know, speaking of Bruce, you were telling me you have this feeling that he's going to show up with the killers on Friday. So, for those of you who don't know, Bruce, uh, the, the killers song featuring Bruce Springsteen on their, uh, on their Spotify, but it's called Tale. And they redid it with Bruce Springsteen on it. And I, I, we're in New York. Bruce Springsteen's in New Jersey. They're not going to New Jersey. They're going to Madison Square Garden. I feel like Bruce might show up because you never know. 
So we'll see. And if he shows up, you're going to go crazy. Oh my God. Of course I'd go crazy. It's funny. And then they're, they're good friends too. Brandon Flowers and Bruce Springs are actually really good friends. So, so is Chris Martin of Coldplay, which is even funnier. So Yeah. They, everyone's friends with Bruce. Yes. I'm not. I, I'd like to be. I'd like to be. Bruce, you can reach us at 100 Got Bill. Just saying. 100 Got Bill. Yes. Um, but bottom line, Coldplay, I mean, they have so many great songs of the 2000s as well. Even nowadays, they have big hits too. Look how they shine for. I just, yeah, and like I said, I really love Viva La Vida. Yep, great song. Yeah, I was saying about Fix You. What I really love how in the beginning it's more ballady, and then do 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 do, and then the guitar riff, tears stream down your face. Yeah. You want to talk about one of the biggest bands in the world right now? Coldplay is on top of that game, too. They're toying like crazy, too. Like, I remember, I'll be honest, it took me a while to get into them. Yeah, I mean, their their style is very, what I would call, uh, (laughs) U2-ish. Yeah, that's sort of that arena rock type. arena Arena rock type music. Arena rock also, but I feel like their songs are built for like big audiences too, like huge audiences they're built for. Their songs are definitely built for that. So yeah, like their songs that you would hear in like stadiums. Yeah, like they're they 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 purposely wrote songs that are meant to be heard by large, large, large groups of people, which I'm I I'm all I'm all for. And apparently they're gonna tour into next year too, which is great. Apparently. Oh, maybe they'll come back to the US. Who knows? Maybe they will. And if they do, Bill, I I'm going. We're, we're, we're going. We're going to go together. Bill and I will go together and we're going to be like, oh my God. We're guess what? I'm going to have a giant sign. And guess what that sign's going to say? Can I sing with you? No. It's going to say 1 800. Got Bill. Oh, I guess his name is Bill. We should call that number. Oh my God. I'd flip out. I, if, uh, <laughs> I would flip out, dude. That'd be so no, cool. no, I don't think I'd be able to pull what. What you did with Michael Bublé because I think I'd have a freaking heart attack. I was a, for those you don't know, I did. I got to sing with Michael Bublé on on my birthday of all days last year. Maybe this year you get to sing with Smokey Robinson on your birthday. Anything is possible, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, you're gonna bring another sign. I don't think the Beacon Theater allows it though. That's the thing. They're anti signs, huh? Maybe I honestly have no idea. Maybe okay, but anyway, um, get back to Coldplay. Yeah, it's like. Now, like, this is a band that I kind of warmed up to. Yeah, definitely. And I real, and they ended up becoming one of my favorite bands. And people, when I tell people that, they get very like, oh, you like Coldplay? That's interesting. Uh, it's like, ew, ew, you like Coldplay? No, I freaking love Coldplay. Like, my mom's not a Coldplay fan. I actually like Coldplay. She's like, well, honey, you do you. I'm just not a fan. And I'm like, no, I, I really like Coldplay. Yeah, but yeah, they are very U2-ish. Okay, you ready to move on? Yes, I, I want to go back to emo for two bands. Is that okay? Two bands? All right, let's do it. Yeah, we have no specific genre. Panic? We're just bump, We're just jumping around. Panic at the Disco started in 2005 with their first album. Yeah, f- five, the first album. Ah, goes in the 
damn door now. Better to send yep. me kind of things. Yeah, their first album. Oh, God, the emo phases. Folks, we're bringing you back to your emo phase tonight. They, folks. I'll be the first to admit, ladies and gentlemen, I was not a fan of them whatsoever. I I would even throw the word hate into the mix at one point. I was like, I was very much late to the I enjoy their music party. And hear me out, though. Hear me out. I'm actually a big, big, big fan of them now. It took me a long time. Like I was getting into them in the 2014, 15. I was in high school still. And what happened was this. I heard one song, which was I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. Full disclosure, everyone. I'm putting a big asterisk on this term right now. I am not a fan of that song. I am not a fan of I Write Sins, Not Tragedies. It, it, to me, it's... It's I, I'm just I I heard it live and I'm like, okay, this is whatever. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not I wasn't into it, but a lot of their other songs I really truly love. It's just that one I just could not get into for some reason. I know. Look at the J man. I'm like, oh, how could he not like? I write sins, not tragedies. J man, what's going on? No, 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 no. You don't understand. Boo! I know we have a booer in the house. I know I'm being heckled. Thank you. Um, but. P-A-T-D, Panic at the Disco, I'm actually a really, but now, but now the one thing that flipped my world and turned my world inside out was the album that came out in the 2010s, which was Death of a Bachelor. I'm not going to get into too much because we, full disclosure, we did a podcast talking about that one album in particular uh, back, back in February or March of this year. We talked about that one album and we discussed it and stuff like that uh, back then. And we uh, broke it down. We talked about it on our, on our other sh- on our channel as well. Check out check out that podcast we did as well on our podcast feed and our YouTube feed, where we talked about Panic of the Disco's Death of a Bachelor. Um, but that album turned my world inside out. I love that album, and it, it actually uh, in physical format CD it is certified platinum by the recording industry. That album, Death of a Bachelor, Bill, is certified platinum. Now, by, by today's standards, it's like, what? But yeah, like over 3 million people bought that CD. That's crazy. That is crazy. So well, I'm a big fan of them, truthfully, now. Uh, Nine in the Afternoon, Ballad of Mona Lisa, you know, there's other songs. They, they're, no, the first, the, the, their, their third album was in 2011. So we're not going to go too far with them. But they started in the 2000s with that, with the high, high, high success of Iris Sins on Tragedies. And it's they recently passed that success in 2019 with High Hopes. High Hopes was a huge hit on the radio, on the Hot 100 as well. You know why it became such a high a high chart hit? Why? Okay, not getting political, but this was also the campaign song for Pete Buttigieg. Oh, I did not know that. Okay. No, uh, like when he came on, when he came on stage, they just for a living. And his yeah. campaign, like people who were on his campaign, had this dance that came to it. And uh, let's just say it's uh, interesting. Yeah, I I definitely did not know that. Um, this is I, this is Ben. Bring him back with Bill. Bring him back with Bill. I did not know that we were going to get a random effect spill tonight, but I'm glad we did. 
Good for you. And what do they win if they get that song, JT? They win his respect. <laughs> and a side 1-800-GOT-BILLSTER. Signed by me. But from our merch store. Check it out. Yeah, you will win a side 1-800-GOT-BILLSTER. By me. Yeah. I So bottom line, though, Panic at the Disco is one of those bands. And some people are like, well, all right, well, he's, you know, there's only one member in the band. How could it be a band? I understand your point of view and argument there. At the same time, he's still using it as Panic at the Disco, which I'm totally fine that he uses that name still and not like the Brandon Urie band or whatever. Like, shut up. It, if, he, if he changed the name, it would not sell. It wouldn't be as marketable. It wouldn't be selling as much. It would not be as successful uh, as it is now because if they market it as like the Brendan Urie band or like the solo project or shut up. It's just, it's Panic at the Disco. Great band, great album. Brendan Urie's vocals is incredible. If you haven't streamed them, check them out immediately. Uh, Bill, I have one more emo pick that we can talk about really quick. I can go off on it if you want to. If you, you might know a little bit about them. I'm not sure. Hey. But I could. You ready? Mm-hmm. My Chemical Romance. I know a few songs. It's okay if you don't know. I can go off on them too. too. I, I don't know a lot about them either, but I do know that in 2005 or six, they were like the top of the world. Next next one I'm going off on. And I and this is a big one, JT. You know why this is a big one, the next one? Why? People might be coming to my house with torches and pitchforks for this one. Oh, God. All right. Well, let me talk about my chemical romance really quick, though. Okay, go. Uh, the Black Parade. Oh, that's a, a good one. That's a, welcome to the Black Parade. Uh, th- uh, that is our, I would say that is our generation's Bohemian Rhapsody, truthfully. Really? Uh, because everyone in our age group, even even people who are younger than us, when they hear that song, everyone knows the words. Everyone sings along to it and whatnot. Uh, I was a young boy. See? So it's just the power of music. I would say that that song is our generation's. I would not say this, but I would say it's our generation's Bohemian Rhapsody. Uh, I'm, I'm taking Kyle's words out of my mouth. Go check out what he said in our YouTube channel as well about this song. But the Black Parade, My Chemical Romance was huge in the early 2000s. They just reformed as well as a band. There was a time they went on hiatus. Yeah, they're on hiatus for a little bit now. They're touring like crazy as time progresses on. Um, and they're they're still going strong. That's a band that they're on their reunion tour and they're touring like crazy. So it's crazy. I didn't see them. I mean, I, I probably might would not go see them. I'm not like a big emo guy to begin with, but I mean, I do like them enough where I could talk, talk about them. So, but My Chemical Romance is one of those bands that was just. Irresistible to irresistible to go crazy in the 2000s. But yeah, um, Bill, what is your next pick? Okay, JT, I'm gonna need you to do me a favor. Do not tell the good folks where I live. So Bill is located in the Bill Cave. Yes, but and this Bill, uh, at this undisclosed location. Um, yes, but Bill's gonna talk about an album. Go ahead, or an artist. Oh, okay. We we kind of have to talk about them. I mean, they were huge in the 2000s. How can we resist that? Okay, you know what? And I've said this before. I actually like Nickelback. 
I'm at, I, I'm out of this conversation. It's all you, bud. No, no. What are your thoughts on Nickelback, JT? I just said I'm out of it. No, I'm just kidding. Um, I don't understand the hate. You know, but I criticism is everybody. All their songs sound the same. I could see that, but I also I, don't, I could also not see that. I don't know. It's weird. Well, you know what? Like, I can understand like the earlier songs, like "Rockstar." How you remind me? How you remind me? Photograph, right? Photograph, cause JT, look at this photograph. Every time I do, it makes me laugh. Why did our eyes get so red? And what the hell was on Joey's head? Yeah. <laughs> um. Um. But anyway, um. But uh, I don't mean to get political here, but there was actually a, there, there were the Bernie versus Hillary memes during the 2016 Democratic primary. And one of them was, what are your thoughts on Nickelback? Bernie. How could a bat how can a bear that bird be so successful? When I'm president, I'm gonna tax the hell out of them. And Hillary, I love them. My favorite song is. His photograph. What the hell was on Joey's head? Um, yeah. JT, what was on Joey's head? I am not sure, my guy. You know who who probably knows what was on Joey's head? <gasps> Dr. Matt Hemsley. Dr. Matt Hemsley. He's Dr. Matt Hemsley. He knows everything. Um, yeah. Wow, this is our first time we mentioned him tonight. Um, all night, and then we're going for about almost two hours now. <laughs> yeah, so Hemsley, what was on Joey's head? We want a full report. We have to ask Dr. Matt Hemsley. He knows everything. But anyway, um, but not how you remind me. Um, but anyway, my fit, my, but you know, it's like, um, and I know this is going into like the 2010s, but, but there was another, but there was actually a, um, but there was like a different nickelback that was coming, like the late 2000s and 2010s. One of them was the, um, was the song, um, was, have you ever heard the song When We Stand Together? Uh, maybe once. I'm not sure offhand. We must stand together. Yeah, yeah. And the drum beat carries on. I think so, yeah. JT, the drum beat carries on. Um, I'm sure it does. But anyway. Um, oh, but their two 2010 stuff were pretty, was pretty interesting. Um, you know, my favorite song by them is more of a 2010 song. It's called Lullaby. I just really love that song. Um, but I don't know why Nickelback gets so much hate. I really don't. And I don't know either. I mean, I don't I I don't understand why either. I don't know. Late 2000s. 2010s, they started becoming the more philosophical band, like the the lullaby song, the song um, one of my other fate um song called "If Today Was Your Last Day." Mm-hmm. 
Um, you know, the opener of that song is my best friend gave me the best advice. Each day is a gift and not a given right. Leave no stone unturned. Leave your fears behind. Mm. And then the chorus, if today was your last day and if tomorrow was too late, would you say goodbye to yesterday? Would you live each moment like your last? Leave old pictures in the past and leave every dime you donate every dime you had. Would you call those friends you never see? Reminisce old memories. Yeah. Reminisce old memories. Would you forgive your enemies? Would you find the one above that you might finally fall in love if today was your last day? Um, yeah, but I will never get why people hate Nickelback so much. I never will get it. Not sure either. You know what? Uh, what other people hate a lot? Well, we won't talk too much about this. Creed. <laughs> no, we don't have to talk about Creed. Oh God! No, no, no. I actually like some. There's actually some. We won't go that far. <laughs> what was that? No, I just go ahead. I, I, I got you. There's actually some Creed songs I do like. I do like um, my sacrifice. I like um. What's that other Creed song? Um. With arms wide open. Yeah, that's another one. Well, I just heard the news today. I see my life is going to change. That sounded terrible. Um, That's all right. Yeah, so we won't torture you folks by talking about Creed. Unless no, you want no. us to. <laughs> um, any other comments for Nickelback before we... No, not uh, really. You got, you got another one? I, I don't know. Are we good for bands? Because I, I was going to say, I can. Oh, what we forgot. On, and we have to talk about them. On, what? We got to talk about Lincoln Park. Thank you. I knew I was forgetting one. What do you got? No, I remember when Hybrid Theory came out. Yeah. I remember when Hybrid Theory came out. And of course, the song that everybody knows. In the end. Because in the end, nothing really matters. I tried so hard, but got so far. In the end, it doesn't really matter. Then later on, they became the official band for Transformers. Yeah, literally. Um, I was going to say. If you want to hear my thoughts on Lincoln Park, we did an entire other show we did by Lincoln Park, and we discussed it. It's on our YouTube channel. It's also on podcast format as well, wherever you get your podcast. So I don't, I don't, I don't want to go too much into it, but basically they are they're very very a great band. They are the Transformers band. There's no another way of putting it, but. Basically, I will say this. They were pioneers of ind- industrial rock, if you will. I mean, they're great. Don't get me wrong. And they're, they're, that song Numb with Encore with Jay-Z was really good. Oh, I love that. Though. Can I get an encore? Do you want more? Roll. What the hell are you waiting for? Yeah, exactly. So, and, then, I, and I've told you this before. I think I've sent it to you. Um, 
there was a Grammys in 2004. Remember I told you about this, JT? Um, it was with Chester Bennington, rest in peace, Chester, and Jay-Z. They were doing Numb Encore, and Jay-Z was wearing a John Lennon shirt. Keep that in mind for a second. And they were doing the, can I get an encore? Do you want more? And then, and then the piano goes, do 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 to yesterday. Yeah, and then and then they continued, and then Chester Bennington just randomly goes, "Yesterday, all my troubles seem so far away. Now it looks as though they're here to stay." And oh, I believe in yesterday. And guess who comes out? Paul McCartney. Sir Paul McCartney. Excuse me. Sorry. Remember, Sir he's McCartney. one of the three people we have to call by their titles on this show. Yes, Sir yep. Paul McCartney. Sir Elton John and Dr. Sir Matt Hemsley. Okay, that we can't knight you. We, we're, we're not British, so uh, you're going to have to stick with the title of doctor. Um, <laughs> um, but anyway, yeah, but. But, you know, Chester Bennington, I just have to say, um, we really should have appreciated him while he was here. We really should have. Um, yeah. Like, he was taken from us just way too soon. Absolutely. And you know what the um, the sad thing is? And we were talking a little bit about Soundgarden last week with Chris Cornell. Oh, yeah, same thing. They were really good friends, Chester Bennington and Chris Cornell. I didn't know that. Wow. No. Chester Bennington actually sang at Chris Cornell's funeral. And here's a tragic fact. Uh, you know, no, we're not even going to do the random facts with Bill's song here because Chester Bennington took his own life on Chris Cornell's birthday. Oh, that's sad, man. Right. On what would have been on what would have been his birthday. Wow. Holy shoot. I think we're getting some breaking news right now. Um, JT, go on for one second. Yes. So, bottom line, guys, Linkin Park is a great band to get into. If you have not heard them, get on the bandwagon. Uh, they are really great. Uh, I know that was kind of Bill's pick. Bill stuff has time for yeah. I'm just going to... Uh, sorry about that, everyone. Uh, we're, we're huge Yankee fans. Uh, we're huge Yankee fans. And uh, Bill... breaking news: Aaron Judge has just hit number sixty-one. Yes, in the middle of our stream, we're going to talk about that now. Yes, he absolutely just did. So you you knew it was going to happen at some point. My mom wow. was just screaming upstairs too. This happened right here, huh? Yep. He tied Roger Maris. Sorry, I'm sorry to all our podcasts. I'm like, what the hell's going on? But yes, literally, he just hit number 61. Aaron Judge for president. There we go. All right. Now <laughs> get back to what we were doing. Yes. And, and Bill and I are going to have a lot of conversation off air now that I think about it. Um, let's go. Oh, let's jump up. Let's jump. Trouble. You're not in trouble, though. We'll talk about the, We'll talk about Aaron Judge after the stream. Don't worry. Okay, um, <laughs> we're, we're huge Yankee fans. We're huge Yankee fans. Here. Let's let's actually finish up the night so we can get to this, if you will. But look, I have two more artists that I can go off on on off on tonight, and they're not necessarily rock because let's face it, hip hop has been around for over to, a long time now. 
I'd like to touch on two hip hop artists that I really do respect a lot. And I like a lot that came around in the two thousands and we'll end on one of them, but let's talk about Jay-Z for a second, right? Hey, Chuby is a V. Jay-Z and Bill is just itching to get off air right now. <laughs> At this point, we're like, Oh God. Um, uh, but, but, uh, but Bill, but Jay-Z, what you want to talk about some of the best hip hop in general, regardless of where it is, like, like regardless of what year it came out. And Jay-Z is one of those guys who is an incredible rapper, incredible hip hop artist. And he, my opinion, he's one of the goats. He is juice world and all these crap trap hip hop wannabe acts who don't know how to rap at all in my opinion Jay-Z puts them to shame Jay-Z is one of those guys who just does an incredible job the blueprint empire state of mind 99 problems dirt on your shoulder the guy is an incredible incredible rapper he's awesome so but I mean there the hey he, he also did a black album too which is even funnier um he did the, he did the black album in uh in 2003 or 4 I forget when it was bill Oh I forgot it too Yeah but it, it was great and the blueprint as well was pretty good as well But Jay-Z is one of those artists who I, I actually really respect him as an artist he actually I, I know we talk about rock on the show why we talk about this Jay-Z is one of those artists you just he's, he'll be around for a long time too he's not going to go anywhere him and Beyonce Yeah what can you say but still he disappointed. He angered a lot of people when he married Beyonce. Yeah, and he's like, and the two of them are happily married. Don't get me wrong, but everyone's like, oh, Beyonce, really? I wanted to get her too, you know, still, whatever. But Jay-Z, incredible rapper, incredible performer too. For and it's funny, I go back to that list from Rolling Stone magazine where it's like he actually had, um, where uh, they list the top 50 acts to go see live live in 2013. He was like number five or number six. I forget. He was one of the, he was up there in the top five best live acts to go see right now in 2013. That tells me something about him as a performer. Tells us something about him as a rapper. Tells us something about him as a person. Jay-Z, if you're out there listening to us, we love you here at the Super Show. You're awesome. You are awesome, Jay-Z. Yes. And, and by the way, based on Aaron Judge's 61st home run, we're currently in an empire state of mind, baby. Yes, we are. After that, after that news broke a little, a couple of minutes ago. All right, Bill, I have one more for you, and then we can wrap it up for tonight. Do you have any others you want to do at all or no? Um, should we talk about Beyonce or? Mm. Nah, it's okay. Should we pick She's... out Adam Levine some more, or should we just let him suffer on his own? Well, we'll talk about them in the 2010s. They, okay, they, were, they were much more dominant in like 2010 on, truthfully. Um, but yeah. So, anyways, Jay Z, get on it. He's one of the goats. But this man ain't got nothing on Eminem. Oh. Marshall Mathers, if you're out there and you're listening to us in any capacity, whether it be on YouTube or whether it be on, on podcasts, you are the goat. You are the greatest of all time. And people look up to you and not look up to anyone else. You are one of the goats of, of, of hip-hop. You are one of the best to ever do it. You are one of the best people 
to ever rap on the earth. You were influenced by Run DMC. You were influenced by Coolio, Naughty by Nature. You outraged parents in the 2000s and taught the world to lose yourself in the moment before you got to let it go. Eminem, you are one of the goats of all time. There's a reason why he's been inducted into the Rock and Hall of Fame this year. I don't know if you knew that, Bill. Yeah, I think you told me. He, uh, he, it's funny. He, ironically enough, he inducted Run DMC into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, but he is now in the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame. So it's funny because it's, it's like, oh, there's such a thing as the Rap Hall of Fame. Well, the, it's from the same blues music led to rock and rap. Deal with it, people. It's just the truth. But Marshall Mathers as Eminem. The dude is a freaking goat. Him and if him and Jay Z toured, you go. I would go. I would go. No, no, no doubt. I would go to go see Eminem and Jay Z on the same tour. They did that in like two thousand three or four, I think, or two thousand five. I mean, it's funny how I, I, I'm gonna just sh- throw some shade at someone in particular. <clears throat> My cousins. Um, uh oh, family drama. Family drama. Here we go, kids. Just I'm gonna educate you wannabe rapper kids out there. You want to talk to me? Come back and talk to me in ten years when trap music and rap is not only just the mainstream, but but someone has someone out there has consistently delivered incredible hip hop music for over twenty five years. Come back and talk to me when Juice World is forgotten about because he's not good at all. Come back and talk to me in the next 20, 30 years when these artists who are started in 1999 with mm, my name is my name is who started in 1999, who had one of the one of the longest running number one hit songs in the history of music in general, regardless of genre. You want to talk to me about chart hits? Lose Yourself by Eminem was a number one hit song on the Billboard Hot 100 in the United States of America for 12 weeks straight. For 12 weeks straight, nothing, no, everyone was like, lose yourself in the moment. For 12 weeks, that was the number one an song. And he was the first rapper to win an Oscar. Thank you, Bill. The dude is incredible. He is one of the goats. Jizz World's got nothing on this guy, okay? Eminem is one of the best to ever do it. That is not an opinion. That is a fact. You can ask anyone in the music industry that in general. They will say Eminem is one of the best to do it ever. They'll say Jay-Z is one of the best to do it ever. They will go back to one of these two, if not Eminem, and say, oh, well, you know, or even Dr. Dre, you know, another one too. He was more in the 90s though. But still, like Eminem, you want to talk about one of the best to ever do it. You got to talk about Eminem. I would go see him if he toured. Hands down. So, Bill, do you have any comments from Eminem? <laughs> well, did you know that Eminem actually did not show up at the Oscars to... I did. Because he had th- thought he didn't have a chance of winning, so he sent a friend of his... Yeah, he sent a friend of his to go collect his Oscar. And because he won an Oscar for... Collecting, uh, he collected an Oscar for "Lose Yourself" and because it was a song written for a movie. So he wrote this. He wrote the song. And he wrapped it out and whatnot too. And he, he, you know, he's 
he he won the Oscar, the first rap artist to ever win that Oscar. And he's like, I'm not going to win. He, he fell asleep to, with his daughter watching t- TV or whatever. And yeah. in 2020, he actually came back and got to do his Oscar performance finally. Yes, yes, he did. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. That's right. Back in uh, January, February of 2020, right before COVID hit. So, but bottom line, Eminem is one of the best to ever do it, period. There's no ifs, ands, or buts, ladies and gentlemen. Sorry, Brendan and Patrick Mahoney, your trap shit. Eminem is one of the best to ever do it, ever. You know what? He this is one is of a- the best rappers of all time. You know what? This is a, I know this is, again, it's a 2010 album, but, um, have you ever listened to his recovery album? I actually have, yes. It's actually about his recovering from drugs and everything. Yep. And yep. by the way, when he went through like AA and drug rehab stuff, you know who his sponsor was? Who? Sir Elton John. Wow. That that tells you something too. I mean, if Elton John's got, you know, he's friends with him too. So Elton John was his. Well, because like here's the thing, you know what? As much as I like Eminem, I kind of don't think this was his finest hour. Um, what, he made revival? some allegedly homophobic slurs. Oh yeah, I heard about this. Yeah, and then in um, 2003 at the Grammys, he got Elton John to play with him. I, because for those of you who don't know by now, Elton John is gay. Yes, and. I I feel like Eminem just didn't say, see, I'm not homophobic. I have a gay friend. See, I'm not homophobic. Like, you know, those people. Yeah. You know what? We're not going to get into that. But, um. No, we don't have to. But. Eminem. Is. One of the best. No, one of the best. And you know what? With um recovery album, you know that song, um, Stand There and Watch Me, you know, just gonna stand there and watch me burn. Lo- I love the way you lie, yep. Yeah, love the way you, you lie. It makes me think, I wonder if um Eminem, because for those who don't know, earlier this week, Rihanna was announced she's gonna be doing that Super Bowl halftime show. And she sung on that song. I wonder if Eminem's gonna He might pop out, who knows? Well, he popped out last year. Well, he was part of he was one of the main acts for the Super Bowl halftime show. But if yeah, and everyone was freaking out because he took a knee and they thought it had to do with you know what, but it actually had to do with he was paying tribute to either Tupac or Biggie. Yeah, one of those two. But um, yeah, I wonder if Eminem's gonna pop up for 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 the for the Super Bowl halftime show. I wonder as well. I mean, I'm not I'm not like I'm I mean, I'm curious. I mean, I, I, I they originally said Taylor Swift, but I'm like, I'm not sure. So we'll talk about her. We'll talk about her. We'll talk about her next week. She's she's way too. She was huge in like 2008 or nine. So we're gonna talk about her next week. Yeah, that's next week, folks. Yeah. So don't worry. Um, but I think that's it. But uh, do we do we hit all the big? I mean, outside of the ones we hit, I think we hit a lot of ones, though, right? I think we hit everyone. Yeah. Well. That's, that's gonna it. do it. That's gonna do it for us on this episode of the Super Review Shows. Mick, use that hashtag as well on social media. And if you'd like to see here, subscribe to the YouTube channel. We do this every Wednesday night. And tune in 
next week for the 2010s, and then tune in the week after for our 100th Mixed Bag episode. All-star panel coming up. Bill and I are stoked about that. Yeah, We're going to be flipping just, that out as we do it. We just got to give you a quick note. Again, we kept saying this. That is actually going to be on a Friday instead of a Wednesday. It's going to be on the 14th. My, my birthday is the 15th. Just saying. Because <laughs> I'm going to be actually in Vegas on the on that Wednesday. So Yep, and we, we've pushed our Mixed Bag show for that week to Friday the 14th. Not the 13th. Um, so don't worry. But we want to thank all of you for watching and listening, however you enjoyed us tonight. And hopefully you understand that, you know, the lessons were full of craziness in the world. But definitely this music is a super show. So uh, tune in next week and stay safe and take care. Check out the Sports of Sandy podcast on all platforms. You know, I can let that slide. So anyways, we'll see you guys next week. So stay safe and take care, ladies and gentlemen. See you next week as we end this music.